Welcome to Savage. I'm your host, Kelsey Kenry, CEO, wife, and mom of three. This is where you find the aligned strategy and mindset shifts to unleash your power, unlock your freedom, and step into your full potential as a CEO. Every episode is full of tough love and hard truths with a side of tactical guidance to expand your success. You ready? Let's do the damn thing. Pleasure is your birthright. Despite all, you deserve pleasure, baby. Welcome to the Bravehearted Podcast, where we are changing the way you get inspiration by allowing you to hear resilience and victory in hard stories. We discuss new methods on handling life situations so you can show up confidently in your life. We are different because instead of just giving you inspiration through stories, we give you actionable tools to make the change that you want to make. Let's live bravely today. Welcome to episode 19 of the Bravehearted Podcast. My name is Mindy Mercurio, career coach and business guru, helping exhausted women find their true purpose. Just as a reminder, some of the material we talk about is deep and can sometimes be controversial. Please use headphones when listening in public or around children. What's up, guys? My name is Kelsey Kenry, and I am a personal development speaker and coach working with women all over the world to find their confidence. So as you guys know, on the podcast, we are forever talking about therapy and the importance of therapy and what it can do for your life. So we've actually partnered with BetterHelp, betterhelp betterhelp.com. It's an online counseling website. So you can go on and get a therapist and they will match you with somebody and you can do therapy right from the comfort of your own home, your car, wherever. So You can get 10% off actually your first month with BetterHelp. You just go to betterhelp.com forward slash bravehearted. And I'm especially excited today because we have somebody I have a personal connection with. So we have Renell Nelson and Renell is an infidelity and intimacy specialist. So I spoke a little bit on a podcast about seeking out sex therapy. So we want to hear not only a little bit about sex therapy today, but really about your story. So can you just start and give us a brief introduction of yourself and kind of what you do? Okay. Hello. Hello. My name is Renell E. Nelson. I branded myself as an infidelity and intimacy recovery strategist. And what did I do is I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm a certified sex therapist and I'm an infidelity recovery coach and a sex coach. So I combine all those things. So what that all means is my passion is to assist individuals and couples to find their selves, get back to their lives after the trauma of betrayal. Um, Sometimes that leads me to uh, more sexual exploration, intimacy, because betrayal doesn't always have to be an affair. It can be betrayal of self. It can be betrayal of family. It can just be betrayal of society. So I assist my couples and individuals with reconnecting back to themselves. So I am the pleasure pusher. 
<laughs> yeah, you are. You really are. One of the one of the greatest things, like there's so many notes that I have from our sessions together, but like the, I always hear you like in my head when you're like, pleasure is your birthright. Mm-hmm. And it plays for me over and over again. So mm-hmm. I think it's amazing, you know, what you do. And I love that you bring all those elements together. And I think this is such a topic that's obviously like people don't talk about it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously, you know, even that piece of my story, there's so much shame around Mm -hmm. sex as a, Mm -hmm. as a woman. And, you know, you helped me so much like move through all of that. And, you know, I can't, honestly, thank you enough for that. Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. So just as a little plug for you, highly recommend it. <laughs> highly recommend <laughs> your you. services. Thank but you. um, So I want to hear more kind of, let's start with what brought you kind of to your career now. So I took in a lot of the stuff that was happening to my life. The sexual aspect was because I was highly sexualized growing up. I was really disconnected from my sexual self. I wasn't really in tune with my body. Sex was like kissing. It wasn't, it wasn't really any emotional attachment to it. I let other people tell me what sex was. And um, we were taught, like so many of us are taught how to please and not how to receive pleasure. So my body wasn't my own. Okay. So I went in with that, not really knowing who I was and knowing just disconnected from not only the sexual part of my reproductive system, just the power of my sexuality. Uh, And I want to say that because so many times people get it confused. Sexuality is so fluid. It just don't always have to be with intercourse. That took me into a long-term relationship where I was habitually betrayed. I did a lot of stuff, just being still disconnected from myself and not really knowing how to advocate for myself. I was in a relationship and um, he just kept we were young, we grew up, but he just kept cheating on me. And it depends on what you learn from your family. Some people tell you to leave, some people to stay. But because like so many of us, we want to stay for the kids. So mm-hmm. I stayed in the relationship, but it kept continuing to happen. So eventually, eventually I left, but no one tells you that the trauma still exists. You know, when I was going through this, nobody said, oh, this is what uh, affairs is. This is what um, monogamy. This is um, this is how you can save your relationship. Nobody was there for me during that time. So I just dealt with it. So when I left, I thought, yay, I left that situation. And no, the betrayal, the not trust, um, the disconnection, the shame, the guilt, all that still stemmed from that from that relationship, added on my disconnection from myself, I was a mess. So when I went to school and became a therapist, I wanted to become who I needed during that time. Mm-hmm. So I became a therapist, a licensed marriage and family therapist, because I believe in couples, I believe in love, but I also wanted to specialize, one, into sex. It was not that many people who look like me, an African-American female that talk about sex, and because black women sometimes are highly sexualized and they look at us as fetishes, but nobody really look at us as for education. So I wanted mm-hmm. to educate and assist people who look like me or just plain women with reconnecting back to their sexual self. And then the infidelity part, I'm just obsessed with infidelity. I think more than anything, infidelity took off for me more than sex. 
ironically, right? Because I had to understand because so many people got it wrong. Society has all these myths and misunderstanding. And so my platform became intimacy and infidelity recovery. Mm, Yeah. And it's, I feel like when you have, you know, that personal tie to something, it just drives you so much harder. So it's like you wanting to understand that, like, why? Like, why do people do this? Why does this happen? And I also really like that you brought up the fact that betrayal doesn't always mean cheating. Sometimes it's betraying yourself. And that's like, I think that's so many women because we all like, we all know the the things that are valuable to us and the things that feel good to us. And we will just straight up not honor those like on so many occasions, whether it's just like bending over backwards for other people or whatever. And so I think it's, I think it's, it's really important that there's somebody like you doing what you're doing. And I love that, you know, you kind of saw the missing piece for, you know, for women in general, because it's like, nobody talks about this. Would you even say that a part of it's like, normalize like when you talk to women that it's like they feel like it's their fault or what well, what part infidelity yeah so even before you get into a relationship how you deal with betrayal is learned okay mm-hmm. so you see with by your parents your aunties mm-hmm. anybody who dealt with stuff even if they kept it kept it secret and you kids we know you know we get the we hear the rumors at the family reunion with uncle that's not auntie coming or we hear that dad sleeping in the living room we know that and also betrayal by family members like dad didn't pick you up or your cousins said they were going to invite you to their party and they didn't so that all betrayal when we were younger, and I'm pretty sure we can go back and everybody would have been betrayed, but we didn't think of that. Oh, that's not betrayal. That's a betrayal. Mm. That's a breach of contract. That's a breach mm. of trust, right? Yeah. And that's a betrayal by love. Those are people who are close to us who broke this trust in us. So when we get into a romantic relationship, that kind of foundation is kind of already there. Like if you're going to be a stare, it's probably something you taught. Or if you're not going to stay, that was taught too. Mm. So I think that's the whole thing I like to say. When people say, should I stay or should I go? I said, I'm just here to observe. But for us to notice, let's look at the pattern. Yeah. Let's look at the pattern in your life. So normalized fiber is infidelity. It is taught because people, it's a taboo and no one wants to talk about it. So Mm -hmm. it's this secret. So, and we know that infidelity thrives in the darkness. Yeah. Even with my couples, I say, talk about monogamy. Talk about being attracted to somebody else. Talk about these things and it take the luster out of it, right? <laughs> because yeah. it thrives in secrecy. And yeah. so I would say that society normalizes because we think about it. We have stories about it. You get book deals from it. You get so mm. much stuff with being and a betrayal and that everybody do it in some certain cultures. I mean, a lot of people who are different cultures where they telling me that's just the way it is. And I said, that's okay. As long as your partner know how that's, that's how it is. It's not infidelity. Right. So I had a, I had a discussion with this guy. He was like, my culture, my culture, this, but I asked him, why are you here? Why are you sitting in front of me? If that's cultural, that means it's consent. So Mm -hmm. it's not infidelity. And then I yeah. had him think about it. I'm like, duh, something's yeah. wrong. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, and that's the thing is it's like, there's so many, I feel like there's so many parts of this too, because there's just taking like the couples piece. I feel like it's exactly what you said. Like everybody brings their own history. You're in this Mm -hmm. relationship and everybody brings their history into the relationship, but it's like people don't stop to consider oh, like they were raised this way and they saw this. So maybe Mm -hmm. that's why they're, they're that way. So here's just to kind of like switch gears into like the sex side of things. Mm -hmm. So obviously the infidelity piece you were highly interested in because you went through that and that makes sense. So tell me more about like what brought you into sex therapy and, you know, talk to me about that. Nobody talks about sex. Um, and people um, were talking about, we talk about the ex. A lot of stuff growing up, I was highly sexualized. I had sex at an early age, unfortunately, like some of our teenagers do in the United States. And it was just like, nobody was talking about it. It was just this, this taboo thing. And once we got it, it felt so good, sometimes not even for us. Even with my friends, I really um, got a lot of my friends. What we started to talk about, we didn't talk about organs. We didn't talk about pleasure. We talked about hooking up and with some guy or something like that and what we doing. We talked a lot about giving pleasure. You know, it was a big thing, especially when oral came in, you know, Uh everything. Oral, ain't it? We were so many gifts. Nobody really talked about, um, nobody really said it was good. Everybody was talking about just what they did and what they were going to do. And when it came to education, I'm like, but... Fabulous opportunity. I worked at a woman's touch in Madison, Wisconsin, where I got really my strong foundation. It's a sexuality resource center. And that's what led me to the world of just open to sex, sex education. Mm. And just knowing that in its orgasms and you can receive pleasure and it can be consensual. You just don't mm-hmm. have to do it because you're in a relationship. I'm like, you know how you see something I'm like, I need to tell everybody about this. Yeah, because nobody was talking about it, yeah. and I mean, I was in relationships where um, people weren't sexually satisfied. It was just something you do, you know. I remember working mm-hmm. at a store and having like my oldest client was like eighty something, and her husband died, and he's like, my, "She's like, my husband died, now I want to have an orgasm. What is that?" I'm like, "Oh my god," you know. Oh, so oh it was god. just a lack of education and talking to women about desire. We wasn't talking about desire. We, I didn't know any of this stuff. So mm-hmm. it was just like a candy store when it opened back up. And I'm like, I need to get it out there because, again, it's not any. Now the um, now I'm so honored that it the um, horizons opened back up. But when I was going through school, I'm ASEC certified. It wasn't too many people that looked like me. And it's still not that many certified sex therapists. But now we have certified educators and counselors we got sti specialists it's just awesome so i get super geeked about this stuff so so that's a little bit about why i did the sex aspect yeah it's awesome because like you said it's just one of those things that's just not talked about especially for women you know we hide and it's like obviously like i was one of those women like i was you know lived with a lot of shame from my story and it was rolling over into my relationship and i remember in one of our sessions together you basically told me like how lucky i was that my husband hadn't cheated on me because you know the, of the position that we were in and you know because if you're not having sex then that usually men go elsewhere and I think that it's so eye-opening 
like you said, just the education piece of it that like, because what we're told and as you were talking about just as we're kids, how you talk about, oh, I hooked up with so-and-so and and we did Mm -hmm. this and we did that. It was Mm -hmm. never about how it made you feel or none of that existed. And I didn't even think about that piece until you brought that up. And it's Mm -hmm. like, where- Just think how we say somebody took our virginity. Yeah. No, that's that whole thing. Your virginity was taken from you. Yeah. That's the whole thing. Yeah. And so how do you think, you know, like in, in your own story, like going even back as far as you can, like into your childhood, like, do you feel like there's obviously there's the sexual piece, but there's parts of your story that because you're so passionate about this, that are, you're so tied to this, that that drives you to be more successful and want to educate people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's just like, cause I can see obviously and knowing working with you, but it's such a missing piece. I feel like mm-hmm. is the best way to put it. And, and to know like, your rights, know your rights. Yeah. And that's why we think we don't know that. And we don't own our story. I just remember the biggest thing with dealing with sex is to own your story. And even it can kind of cross over own your story in infidelity and own your story in that sexual journey. So many times, both situations is shame, guilt, a roller coaster of emotions. But because we don't put our name on it, we so ashamed of it, we don't give it a voice. We don't give it anything. So it controls us. So yeah. it's so many teaming, even with um, part of my affair recovery program, the second step is the affair story. I go in and we talk about the affair. You cannot forgive what you don't know. But I also mm. make sure that people know it's not about how many positions. It's not about where it happened. And everything like that is more about like, who knows? Did you bring them around my kids? Can I get tested for STD? Could she be pregnant? You know, mm-hmm. more questions like that. And the good questions is, how did our relationship open up for this to happen? That's why mm-hmm. I gear people toward. That's more important than positioning. And I tell people, because people, I need to know, I need to know. I say, you don't need to know. You don't need to know. You want to know. And is these questions going to cause more harm than good? So that's the infidelity part. And in the sex part, you know, when you get in a relationship with your partner, the shame and guilt of having how many partners, you know, you don't want to say how many partners you had or if you ever had an STD or, you know, I'm kinky. I like this. I like to be choked, you know. So that's still another thing that because we so shame, we hide all of that. We yeah. hide all of that. We neglect ourselves for that and with everything like that. So in both situations, I feel like you need to ask the right questions, mm-hmm. but you need to get below the surface in both. Yeah. And that's, isn't that with everything? You know, it's like, <laughs> if you don't, it, it continues to come out. So that would kind of be my next question is, mm-hmm. you know, probably... I love that you brought up owning your story because that's, you know, one of the most important things Mm -hmm. that I've ever done. And I feel like the last missing piece was my sexual story, which I got Mm -hmm. to do with you. And, you know, I can't believe like what an impact it makes on your life. We did a whole other podcast just on owning your story. And that's Mm -hmm. the part that I talked about where I worked with you before, because that Mm -hmm. was the part that I kind of neglected to where I was like, I'll just put this piece kind of away. 
mm-hmm. and everything else. I can talk about the drugs and alcohol. I can talk about the rape, but I can't talk about the fact that after being raped, that I chose to have a lot of partners and mm-hmm. make the choices I did with my body because that's embarrassing. So I'll just keep that locked away. Right. But we saw how that was serving me and it wasn't. And so mm-hmm. until I walked through that, you know, and I think a lot of people are, I don't think I'm alone in this. I think a lot of people kind of separate that and don't ever walk through that. So what do you think for women that are in that place, like, what do you think will happen if they just never like own that piece of it? I think of it is like, you can have that good foundation, but it's a crack in it. Mm. And I think that as you continue to build on and you continue to be successful, that crack is going to get wider and go up, up and up. And it's going to eventually need you to reconstruct your foundation. Mm. You know, it's, you're going to have to deconstruct to reconstruct eventually. We know how it is when you got a cracked tooth and you wait too long to fix it. It got to come out, right? We know when you get a crack in your foundation, they say, we can keep patching it, but we're going to have to um, dig this out. Mm-hmm. So that's just the same thing as that. I'm not ever going to tell anybody you can't be successful. Right. With not only your story, I'm just going to say, how long are you going to be successful? Mm, yeah. You know, and then different stuff like betrayal. Betrayal. So if we think about disconnection and infidelity, that's betrayal by somebody else. Disconnected from my body is betrayal of self. Mm-hmm. After you betrayed and deal with infidelity, I talk about this a lot. We are okay with somebody else betraying us, but what about the betrayal we do to ourselves? You know, mm-hmm. what about not trusting ourselves? Betrayal comes through. If you don't talk about it, it comes through in how you move in your business, in your friendship, in your family, with your kids, mm-hmm. because you don't trust. Yeah. Right? And if you don't trust any decisions that you're making, so you're not going to trust. I don't know if I had an orgasm. Uh, I don't know if I like this person. I'm just going to keep it to myself. So mm-hmm. it go, it weaves in and out with betrayal. Mm-hmm. Can weave in and out of your life. Yeah. And that's why we need to talk about it more and how to play and how to really, really make it aware. First, if you remember, I talked to you about, you have to really acknowledge it. You have to acknowledge it, discover it, acknowledge it. Then you got to release that shit. Nobody talks about release. Yeah. Nobody talks about release. You have to release so you can unlearn to relearn. Yeah. You can have the best therapist it is, but if you don't, if you full of neglect, (laughs) shame and guilt, can nobody penetrate you? Yeah. Can nobody penetrate your mind? Can nobody penetrate your body? Does that make sense? Yeah. When you so full of stuff, you can't, be open to sex. Yeah. You can't be open to new ideas. You can't be open to anything. So nobody, and that's why I give people, I say, I give you the gift of release. Mm-hmm. And people look at me. I say, I give you permission to let that go. Why are you holding on to something that hurt? Right? And they be like, you mean I can let this go? I be like, yeah. 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 And I remember specifically, and I was like, but wait, (laughs) wait, (laughs) what do I do? (laughs) 
you know? Cause I remember well, it's like you, you cling to it. I feel like for so long because it, it's like, it's, it's habitual at a point. It's exactly. It's like, okay, we'll just keep burying it. And it's exactly what you said. Like mm-hmm. I specifically remember almost having like a, like, it was like just something like dark still, just like there was a piece still that was inside of me that was like, you're not being honest with yourself. You're not fully there. And it was like you said, like I continue to be successful and like, mm-hmm. you know, have my children and luckily have a husband that loves me and all of those things. But it was like, it was still there. And I feel like it will continue to come up. And I think mm-hmm. that it's exactly what you said about like patching a crack and until, mm-hmm. you know, and I've seen the difference now, you know, with, with the change in, our relationship and the belief in myself. And I think that's the biggest part is that it's, you know, it shows up obviously in the relationship, but the betrayal of self and like, why are you treating yourself this way? Because nobody talk about betrayal of self. Nobody talk about betrayal of self and nobody talk about self intimacy. Everybody Mm -hmm. talk about intimacy you see for somebody else, but what about what you see in yourself? Nobody Mm -hmm. talk about self intimacy. And that's why I said I'm a firm believer in, I talk to you about it. You know, you have to know who you are, what you want, what you desire, what stuff mean to you. We, mm-hmm. You got to know all that stuff for you even to get on a stage, for you even mm-hmm. to get in front of your partner. How can you communicate when you don't know? But the so crazy thing about it with dealing with couples or anything else, we expect our partners to know. We expect yeah. everybody else to know. And yeah. that's the disconnect. And I always be in session, I'll be like, how they gonna know if you don't know? <laughs> and then, you know, everybody always just like, look like, I'm like, yeah. So here we go on something based on assumption. You know, yeah. you know assumptions and judgment and resentment are going to break up your relationship quicker than a woman will or an opposite mm. sex or anything. Mm. Any same sex, I'm with everything. A third party will break up your relationship. Assumptions, judgment, and resentment will come through and wreak havoc in your relationship. Because we mm. assume too much. We assume monogamy. We assume because we look alike, we got the same thing you said I do, that once we say I do, that you're going to not look at anybody else or not do anything. You know, we say our I do's or when we say, would you go with me? Yeah, I'm going to go with you. We think that's it. And we don't talk about attraction to other. We don't talk about if I'm not doing something, how can you communicate with me so I know? Give me a chance. Before you go outside of relationship, we don't talk about that thing because it's a myth that if you talk about it, it will come. Oh, yeah. The communication piece, I feel like is such an important mm-hmm. part of any relationship. But it's like, mm-hmm. it's like you said, this piece, it's like so many couples, you know, don't communicate at all, you know, and we don't, I feel like there's a lot of us that don't even know how to communicate with ourselves because it's like, we don't even know what we're looking for, what we need. But it's like, if you don't communicate with your partner about like what you're doing that day, who's going to really open up about anything sexual? Like Mm -hmm. that's just a whole level that people are not even touching. They don't want to touch it. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. They don't want to touch it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because it's I mean, but that's true. That's true. I work with a lot of people and so many people give so much insight into their relationship and they get confused when I say, but what about you? No, we're not here for that. I'd be like, yes, a healthy relationship is two healthy individuals. You are supposed to compliment, not complete. So if you are complete, don't get me wrong. When I mean complete, I don't mean finished, right? 
But I mean that you can't put all your needs, want, and desire onto one person. Human. Mm. Human. You can't do that because that's not fair to them. You can't, yeah. they can't make you laugh, heal you, make you cry, make you orgasm, do all this. And then when they don't, you upset. But what responsibility do you have in yourself? What part is with you and your higher power? And so many of us, because of betrayal uh-huh. from growing up, uh-huh. project all our unmet needs, wants, and desires onto our partner. Yeah. And we expect them to do it. Do you think that betrayal of self, because I'm very interested in this because I, you know, I like to be introspective. And I think that, do you think that betrayal of self is something that we learn also like in childhood that we see? Because I feel like that it would be like if we see our parents not taking care of themselves. Why don't we toot our own horn? Why are we scared to talk about our accomplishments? Mm. How many of us grew up with don't brag? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, don't yeah. do that. You're not supposed to do that. Yeah. People less fortunate don't have that. We got oh. guilt and shame yeah. around stuff, right? So we dim our lights. Mm. Put your candy up and when company comes. Oh. You know, you know, it's so many, and I mean, I'm just guessing at the top of my head, but you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. That how we are taught. Think about what you're teaching to your kids. Mm-hmm. Save something for somebody else. Oh, that's good. That's good, but don't brag too much. People going to think you this. People going to think you that. Yeah. You know, and this is mm-hmm. learned. So think about all what we learn and how we learn to betray ourselves early. Mm-hmm. You know, as women, we can't touch ourselves. We are taught to keep it clean. Mm. But men can explore. We taught that our bodies are really not ours. It's our husband. Uh, mm. Yeah. They're so we are taught different yeah. things for betrayal of self. So it's just automatically to you grow up and you have to unlearn it because we have negative generational narratives that we pass down. Societal narratives. We have too. This is just bigger than family, societal. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I, you know, and I think we all, all of our different environments we learn from. And I think society is a big part of that. It's interesting because kind of going back to what you said about like the release, when you know, talking about kind of owning your story. And I remember something really powerful that you had me do was write a letter to my younger self. And <laughs> I was like, that was like one of those things that I was like, I'm just going to stare at this blank page for like a really long time <laughs> because I knew that as soon as I started writing that it was just going to be so gnarly, you know? And it was like, in my mind, I'm like, I don't know where to start and what to say. And it was like, I found myself like using those excuses to not do it, you know? And then when I finally did seeing the words on paper of like the things that I was exposed to and the things that I went through, I was like, no wonder. Mm -hmm. It's a deep exercise. I love giving that exercise. I always have my clients write their self a forgiveness letter. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like um, a letter to my younger self. What would you let them know? But I also like to write a forgiveness letter. Because we expect forgiveness from other people, but we don't forgive ourselves. You know, write yourself a forgiveness letter. And then I also go and say, write yourself a love letter. 
You know, we so we mm-hmm. are so into telling our partner and our kids how much you love them. But write yourself a love letter. Make promises to yourself. Right. Forgive yourself and make love to your body. Tell your body, I'm sorry for all, all that I pulled into you and did to you. I'm sorry for that donut. I know you was didn't like that. You know, just I'm hired. I'm sorry for not exercising, expecting you to do all this. But now, even during this time, this unfortunate time, I even forget. I had to forgive myself and apologize to my body because I should I should been keeping my immune system up. Now my mm-hmm. body don't know what's happening. All these fruits, vegetables, herbs, spices, everything. I'm like, I'm sorry. I should have been taking care of you. Yeah. You know, it's just stuff that simple stuff. Because why do we expect forgiveness and love from everybody else, but we don't give it to ourselves? And I think we worked on the exercise of really just looking in the mirror and, and telling your body, I love you where you are. You know, some of us have so many body image issues. And we think when we get to this weight or we can wear these jeans or that that stuff is going to be better and it's not. And we beat ourselves up when we don't get there. And it's not fair because we don't do that to other people. We so nice to other people, but we so mean ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's a, that's a huge thing. And I see that a lot, you know, with, with my clients too. And the body image stuff is very relevant. And I think, you know, it relates a lot with the sexual piece because, you know, if you're struggling with your body image, then it's like, you don't want to show your body to anyone. And I Mm -hmm. think it's, it's interesting because not only are we nicer and more kind to other people, but the way that we speak to ourselves and the way that we expect to like get through things is usually like talking to ourselves negatively as if that's going to push us forward. Yeah. And also after betrayal, I was thinking about, you know what? I need to really get my infidelity off the ground. Somebody said, go to the gym. You need to speak Mm -hmm. at the gym because what happens when you betray, you want to, you think it's your fault. Mm -hmm. You know, remember where the whole term revenge body comes from, right? Oh yeah. No, you want to, you, you think it's your fault. You want this revenge body. You want all of this. And so isn't that a self-betrayal? I think that um, my body is the reason why my partner cheated on me. So I'm Mm going to get this body and I'm going to show them. Not for us, not to be healthy, not that I'm going to show them, you know, that is a form of betrayal. It can go into sexual betrayal too, because sexuality, your body, your appeal, your sexual appeal, your sexual energy is tied into all that. Mm, yeah. That's why I say it's a lot of overlapping. Yeah. No, you, that, you speak the nail on the head right there. Cause I had, and Kelsey's going to laugh because she knows. So I had this relationship that I was in and this guy told me, so this is the most terrible thing that anyone's ever said to me. I think he quit having sex with me, like just straight up quit having sex with me. And I was like, what's going on? Why are we having problems? And when we got together, I was pretty overweight. Um, and so he said, well, I'm not attracted to you. And I'm like, but you were attracted to me when we got together, when I was the same weight that I am right now. So I'm not really sure that I understand like what mm-hmm. this is about. So 
I put all this blame on myself and this shame on myself and I lost all this weight and, you know, I went to the gym and I was like, I'm going to get my revenge body on. I was your girl. I was your girl. I'd have been at the gym and looking for Renell. Um, I, <laughs> I got my revenge body on and then I got to that point and I started suffering from this terrible body image issue because I just couldn't get small enough. I couldn't get my body perfect enough. I couldn't get the flat stomach. You know, I couldn't get that perfect body that I went out looking for. And it really did such a number on me. And I was so mean to myself. And I said all these terrible things to myself. And it really, it it affected every part of my life, but also my sexual life. And thank God now I'm with a wonderful man and my husband's the best. And he's a really great guy. But that was really tough for me. And so many women go through that. Yeah. So many women go through that. And that's why I use my platform to talk about education about infidelity. Because so many things, like when I tell women that infidelity doesn't have nothing to do with you sometimes, right? And it was like, mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with you. And I tell them, stop being so selfish. Why do you think everything got to do with you? Right. And they like what I'm like, yeah, why do you think? Because they went and cheated. They did that. You got something to do with everything. And they just look at me and I say, yeah, that is true. Why do you think? Because you made them go do something. You made them have an affair. You didn't mm-hmm. make them do anything. Choice. It's a personal choice. And sometimes she has nothing to do with love. Sometimes she has to do with opportunity. Sometimes it has to do with your Ooh. partner finding themselves in somebody else. It has to do with their self-intimacy. It has to do with how they were learn. It has to do with sometimes with entitlement. It has something to do with split self. I tell women, you're not responsible for the affair, but you are responsible for the relationship before the affair. Mm. You know, you are responsible for that because we got to see not how they had sex, not who, where they did it at. Is when did the window open for stuff to happen? Yeah. When did this happen? This is what I want to know more of because if we want to stay together, I don't know how can we close it. And just for my knowledge, I just need to know because that's how you heal better. You heal better with facts, mm. right? I want to yeah, heal absolutely. better because even if I go on, I, I want to go on. How many people are walking around betrayed because of something that happened five years ago? I am a moderator on a support group. And I go in there some of my time I have to leave because I want to help everybody, but when I tell you some people hold on, I got people say, it's been 36 weeks since D-Day. D-Day is the discovery of their affair. I had some body people, they celebrate the anniversary of their affair. They, this affair, this act shattered them so they became that because when they become it, they feel like they can control it. Mm. And I want to tell them, it's not, I'm not telling anybody to let it go. I'm telling you, let's take the lesson and let's grow through it. But they mm-hmm. have enmeshed to it. They married to dysfunction. They, the affair was them. And yeah. then it's just, I go on there and I try to let them, inform them and educate them. Okay, you find out about how you move on. I got people who can't even move on. Oh. But psychologically, that's nothing to do with the affair. That's everything to deal with them. Yeah. But yeah. when you don't want to address that, remember that crack? Yeah. When you don't want to address that, it's not me, it's them. Yeah. 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 Like, well, especially with infidelity recovery, 
They come in, fix her. He did this. He do that. He did that. And I said, I always liked the analogy. You was in a car accident and the car hit another car. Y'all bleed and everything. You're going to tell them, no, take them to the hospital. Your arm hanging mm. off. You bleed from the mouth. No, they were driving. Take them. No, you both need to heal. Mm. You both need to recover. You both need to come in because you both are affected. Yeah. Yeah. That the, I, I love the crack in the, in the foundation. That's it's so real because it's, you see the people that are in and out of relationships and mm-hmm. it's the same type of relationship and the same things are happening. It's like, I don't know why this keeps happening to me. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what's the common thing here? You what are you going to do about it? Because you keep allowing it to happen to you. It, people, it's the cycle. We talk about this a lot. People get in this cycle and then they just blame everybody else because they don't want to fix that crack in their foundation because the dark, scary stuff, no one wants to talk about. You, you, yeah. You don't it's want easy, to it's easier it. to It's easier to play the blame game. And then that's oh, when yeah. one thing come apart. One thing that when that, you know, when a crack break into two, you know, when it separate, yeah, something's triggering that, right? And then something that started to track the, the whole crack is not the what you're going off about. Because mm-hmm. well, we want to get to the root of the crack. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to get nobody wants to do that. Yeah. And so that's why we have I teach anger management, and I say let's get to the root of the anger. That's when we have anger issues because we explode it. And we was like, or you can't talk to your partner because a lot of us have not healed from the other relationship. So conversations mm-hmm. trigger us. And I always ask them, is this their shit or your shit? Oh, that is so good. That's so that is good. really good. It's because so I good. hear so many people kind of me, I'm tired. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of that. Are you tired of them? Mm-hmm. Or are you tired of the pattern? Mm. And I have them think about that. You so tired of your husband doing this and you fed up and ready to leave. You can leave, but are you, who are you tired of? You will to always be tired if you don't deal with the shit. Cause what I say, you full of shit. So anything, you already up in here, anything that top of you going to be tired of. So when you're tired, you unmotivated, you lack interest and you don't want to do anything. And going back to going to affect your intimacy is going to affect your pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, it, it made me think about when you were saying that about mm-hmm. parenting and how so often it's like when we lose our shit as moms, mm-hmm. it's like, usually has nothing to do with what the kid just did. It has mm-hmm. to do with how our day was, how our week was, what happened in our business, how the weather mm-hmm. is, whatever, our, where we are in our cycle, whatever, you know, there's so, there's always something underlying, but it's like in the come as you are book, it's like the stress cycle, mm-hmm. the stress response cycle will always complete, like whether you want it to or not, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so it, it made me think about that because it's like, we all have like those little triggers and it's like, if we allow it to build and build and we never get to that root issue, it's just mm-hmm. going to keep coming back. And we're going to be in the same position over and over again. Okay. So here's my next question for you. For somebody who, let's start, because I have two separate kind of like how-to questions for you. So starting kind of with the sexual piece, like, you know, if somebody is really 
struggling with their sexual story and kind of like, how do, how do I even start there? Like what we like to do is give our listeners kind of some actionable, something they can do, something that would be helpful for them. So where do you think, obviously the correct response is for them to just hire you, but <laughs> other, <laughs> otherwise, like what's the best place they can start or something really small that would be helpful for them? I would just ask your um, listeners to get naked with themselves. I would just ask for them to just strip down to everything. Um, take off all the roles that you have and what you play. Forget about the degrees. Forget about titles. Sit with yourself in a quiet place and either get a piece of paper or something like that. And let yourself know what are you missing. So many times we're chasing stuff we don't know we're chasing. I always ask my clients, how do you know when you get there? Let's work backwards from that because so many of us think we're not there. Mm -hmm. And when I work with a lot of my clients, you're there. You just need to clean up a bit. So it's really, really taking an analysis of what am I missing and what could be holding me back. Mm. I think we need to start from there to just try to figure it out because we need a roadmap. And, you know, and then I would just say brain dump. And when you know you hitting the shit and when the tears come, yeah, mm. what are you ashamed of? Come out. And you, if you need triggers, think about growing up. Think about your first boyfriend. Think about um, anything. Think about the assault. What did it take from you? And what would you like to look like when you get it back? Mm. So many of us know what we don't have, but we don't take accountability of what we do. So I would just say, sit with yourself, get really naked and say, who told me I was missing something? Have you ever worked with somebody who thought they was missing something and then they got in front of you? You'd be like, I don't even know why you're here. <laughs> because somebody else told them yeah. something. The stories they tell themselves. Yep. And then yep. the comparison. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm like, do you hear yourself? You got it. So I will ask your client and your client, your uh, listeners to get naked with themselves and say, what do I want to look like, be like, so I can see what's holding me back. Hmm. Think about the possibilities. And everybody can't journal. I'm um, talk to a lot of people don't want to do. I say, mate, you guys, y'all walking around with seven to eight hundred dollar phones and don't use. Get on there and do the uh, I do half the apps. I have so many people getting new phones and haven't used half the stuff on the other. Yeah. Right? Get on mm -hmm. those voice apps. Get on those videos. Talk yeah. to yourself. You know, do what you need to do to get it out. Yes. Listen to yourself. So much magic happens when you release that throat chakra. Yeah. So much Oof. magic happens when you just that release and give voice. Sometimes you talked about giving voice to your story is just to say the shit. Oh, I was yes. raped. I was taken advantage of. It wasn't my fault. Mm -hmm. mm. It's so many much power in the words. Mm -hmm. It wasn't my fault. Mm -hmm. then from that we can even come up with a lot of affirmations yeah you know it's so many ways to go but the first thing I will ask y'all listeners <laughs> to do is get naked with themselves and see what's really it is you need an agenda you need a plan mm -hmm. you know and you got to get really petty with yourself 
And I think I talked to you about this. I hate those. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I don't use hate. I just get so bothered by people come and say, I want to work on my sexual self. I want to learn how to communicate better. And I'm looking at them like, come on, man. That is so broad. We'd be here for the rest of eternity. What would you like to do? Renelle, I want to be more present in the bedroom with my partner. Mm. Mm. Renelle, I would like to know how to articulate and advocate for myself when I'm faced against negative energy. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's another thing of self-betrayal because we set ourselves up for failure. You know that, don't you? I just want to be a well person. I want to work out. I want to be healthy. That's so broad. Yeah. Yeah. What does yeah. that even mean? Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. You healthy need the specific aspect. definition. Yes. Yeah. You need that. So you wonder why you're not achieving anything. It's too big. Yeah. That's goal setting one-on-one, which we talk yep. about all the time. We're like, break it down into small steps. Like just take one small step because then you can build on those steps. But if you just look at it, like saying, I want to get healthy, like that doesn't mean shit. You're not Mm-mm. that you're going to keep looking at it. You're not going to step towards that. But let's talk about self-fulfilling prophecy, self-fulfilling prophecy. I'm going to set myself up for failure. So I know that I was never worthy of doing that. Ooh, I wasn't yeah. worth Ooh. it. Um, I shouldn't have did that. That was that wasn't too big. I just couldn't achieve it. You know, the best meme that I had um, was seeing going out with doing this whole crisis and pandemic. They challenging people to be their best self. If you don't come out with a business, if you don't come out with this during this time off, you just don't have a. Um, it wasn't time. It's was a lack of dis- discipline. So many people got anxiety over that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that there has to be a balance because I think that the issue is is that it just like in out of the virus like you have to have time for rest and you have to have time to where you are disciplined with yourself. And like yep. the thing is is that I believe that it's more about like you have to take care of yourself within this like if you are struggling with anxiety within this, like you need to address that. I think that if you're, you know, and for some people, you know, everybody deals with it differently, but I think that the problem becomes is when you are just ignoring, which we've talked about so much, ignoring something that you're feeling. Yeah. I mean, come on. This is a point of self-betrayal. We are not at home working because we want to. It's a pandemic. Mm-hmm. We got to wear right. masks outside. It's not because, oh, the world shut down because we need to regroup. It is a virus that is killing people. Yeah. You got so much stuff going on. We are not at our best capacity to work with anything. So don't challenge yourself and betray yourself and beat yourself up, which a lot of people are doing. I need to work on my business. I just mm-hmm. did a post. I did a post about sex. Yeah. I said that some of them, because sometimes sex, uh, this doing anything, we're going to want to, some of us are more around because we want that connection. We mm-hmm. want to feel normal. We want to feel grounded. So some of us are super, super kinky, want to be intimate. We masturbate like anything. We just want that release. We want to feel normal. Then we got the other hand with people who don't even want to touch themselves or anybody else because mm-hmm. they in that fight or flight. Oh yeah, and I said to yeah. my, I said to my, um, my people on Instagram, 
both are normal. You are normal. Yeah. Everybody deal with crisis different. Mm -hmm. You are normal. I'm so tired of people telling you what you should do. I told my people, if you got up, brush your teeth, even if you didn't brush your teeth, if you woke up, be grateful. Yeah. If you, if you even went to get the mail, be grateful. Or you can do like that. You don't have to do any through this thing, do this, but be. Be and become. Yeah. And that's the permission that I want us to take with us throughout this. Mm -hmm. Stop racing against this invisible clock. Stop thinking you don't have Mm -hmm. time. Stop thinking because Mm -hmm. I have, because when you talked about that stuff, people rush through. I don't have time for couple sessions. How how long is going to last? I'm like, well, especially I even talked to you about that. I was like, because everybody want to rush through working with themselves. I said, isn't Mm -hmm. that funny? how we give so much time to education, four years, how long it take mm. to be a doctor. We got all this time, but when it comes to the knowledge of self, the yep. school of self, nobody wants it. Everybody want to do the fast track. Yep. I want to be a sexual person in three weeks or less. I want my relationship. You know, I've had couples like, it's the fifth session. It's nothing moving. We're going to stop. Bye. Yeah, I've been together <laughs> 10 years. Yeah. I have. Five sessions with you. Yeah. Yeah. People have unrealistic expectations when it comes to, like, I always tell people, I'm like, you got to really give yourself like some compassion because the habits that you have right now, you've been doing for how many years now? Mm -hmm. And you expect that you're just going to wake up one day and do them differently just because you feel like you want to do them differently. That's not how it works. Self-betrayal. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So and true. Then it's it's that it is and it's that cycle of like, oh, okay, I'm setting myself up to fail almost purposely so I can have an excuse on the back end of like, oh, that's who I am, so I just failed mm-hmm. again. Mhm. We talk about that in anger management. One of the things I tell the um I, I do women. Um I support women with anger management and I say, "Who are you without the anger?" Mhm. Who are you? Because a lot of this stuff become like, who is the man who don't cheat anymore when he's known as the playboy? Mm. Who is the woman who's not fat anymore when she get a healthy rate? So who is the woman who get educated or healed in a circle that's not? Mm. Right? Yeah. We are so just connected to stuff. It's hard to release it. Mm. You know the stages of change. Mm-hmm. You know that resilience. So I ask my clients, why don't you want to let it go? Mm. Because that's who you are. Yeah. That's like depression, anxiety. People claim depression. And with me, I work a lot of with words. I'm like, everybody go blue. Everything is not depression. Everything is not bipolar. Everything is not a sexual dysfunction. Yeah. But some people yes. are attacked words because the words give them identity if I don't Mm. have this word I don't know who I am so it's hard Mm. for people to release that yes because I don't know who I am but I know this word and I'm gonna stick with that word if you can for me I'm nothing oh yes I have a client who I love who I've had for a, a long time and she's always talking about anxiety and I'm like I need you to understand that the reason why you're so anxious is because you're always saying that you're so anxious. Yes. It's expected. It's expected. 
Yeah. It's just I mean, who you define yourself as and like it, it becomes comfortable mm-hmm. and you don't want to let go of that because that is the scary place, right? So once scary you let place. go of that, you have to mm-hmm. go dig deep into who you actually are and you have to face that. And again, it's that, you know, quick fix. Nobody wants to do the hard work. They just want to like take the easy way out and cheat mm-hmm. off their neighbor's test and like mm-hmm. be done with it. Who am I if I get healed from betrayal? Yeah. I have to be betrayed. My husband betrayed me. I got to let everybody know that I was betrayed. Yeah. I got to let everybody know I'm a single mother. Mm. I'm a single mother. I was not a divorce. I'm single. My husband does nothing. Mm. You can get married, have a whole Mm. other husband, have million dollars. I'm still a single mother. Yeah. Yeah. I listen to people because I'm very in a language now. I'm like, okay, they got a whole husband. (laughs) <laughs> not a half husband a whole, whole husband a whole husband <laughs> oh my god because I'm not gonna give it. up to that um, I was betrayed in my first marriage how long you been married 10 years what yeah but people want to hold on to that because it's their it's their reason it's like their fallback it's who they so, are yeah, exactly. So, okay. So the sexual piece, I love, you know, the idea of like just stripping everything and, mm-hmm. you know, recording, speaking out loud. It made me think about like the first post that I made to my Instagram audience and kind of sharing a piece of my sexual story. And mm-hmm. I was like in tears and I messaged you and I was like, look, I did it. <laughs> but it's such a powerful thing. And I don't think, mm-hmm. you know, it has to be on that level to everybody, obviously, if it's just, but it really was like, okay, like nobody can say shit about me anymore because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm set at all. Like for infidelity, whether it's, you know, maybe is there something that you would suggest if somebody is struggling with infidelity in a relationship or with themselves, what would you suggest would be something that they could start with and a first step for them? I would ask the first step if um, they're going through betrayal, going to infidelity, to first quiet their emotional storm. You can't do anything. I would ask them not to make any life-changing decisions on an emotion. Mm. I would ask for them to sit and really realize what did this affair or this betrayal mean to them? And what also did this say about them to themselves? Right. Mm-hmm. I would do a lot of insightful stuff. I would also ask them what is the reason why they want to stay. And mm-hmm. if they do leave, how are they going to take care of themselves after that? Mm-hmm. Right. So I will also just ask for them to just explore really. And this is when it get good. The reality of the relationship that some people mourn a relationship that never was. Oh, mm-hmm. that's good. That's and good. nobody want to talk about that, but I'm that girl who gonna talk about that. <laughs> of course, you are. Love it. It's I can't help true, you though. build. I can't help you build that never was. I can't make him or her be a friend, and y'all never was friends. Mm-hmm. A lot mm-hmm. of relationships are built on lie, mistrust. My favorite thing is why for for my individuals. I get so excited. Why do you want to be in a relationship? What do you mean? Why do you want to be in a relationship? I seen so much stuff. I seen people be in a relationship because they didn't want to be by themselves for revenge because of their family. Why do you want to be in a relationship? Because my next question is, what are you really to compromise to be in that relationship? Mm. You got to let something go. 
You can't have this individual thinking when you want to be in a relationship. Now, get what I just said. I didn't say you can't be an individual. Yeah. I said some form of thinking. Because yep. you can't be in a coupleship with single shit mentality. Mm. Yeah. Why do you want to be in a relationship? So when stuff don't go right, I'm finding out that they wasn't really in a relationship anyway. Yeah. That's mm. a good point. That's a good point. Because so many relationships are just like, not even about the people in them. It's just about filling whatever hole needs to be filled. Betrayal self. Self-intimacy. All of that all ties in. And everybody don't want to do the work with themselves. Before you go out, you go in. Oh, yeah. Mm. And I, that's in all my posts. I say, outside is closed. Inside, not. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But sitting with yourself is hard and it's easier to just mm. in the moment to do, to if you can't do distraction it, and distraction. Yeah. If you can't do it, why should anybody else? I think, I don't know if I told you, I said, would you have sex with you? <laughs> would you be in a relationship with you? Yeah. You don't even want to be by yourself. Why would somebody else? You don't even enjoy your own company. Why should somebody else? Oh, and that's so true. That's true. It's so true. Because you're depending on them to complete them. So you want to be a vampire to them. You draining them. Yeah. And then the relationship is not going to be on companionship. It's going to be based on need. Remember? Mm -hmm. It's with love. It's the needing love and wanting love. And the meter should be in between. You, it's okay for your needing is like hierarchy of need, shelter, safety, right? Yeah. Wanting love is wanting that person. Yeah. A healthy relationship is in between. But if I'm finding and I'm redoing more research, when you need more of a need in love, that means I might leave you if I find somebody else that can give me more of what I need. Mm. Right? If the relationship more of the wanting love, I love you for you. I'm more apt to stay because I love you. Even if it's dysfunctional, I love you for you. I want you. Yeah. That's more say mm. to stay. A healthy relationship is in between because, you know, you do, do get some of your needs and some of your wants, but it's when it's way to either side, chaos yeah. happens. Yeah, you have to have that balance. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Well, this has been amazing. I mean, I was, yeah. I was happy just to see you again, but I really appreciate everything that you've shared. I think this is like, this is definitely probably one of my favorite episodes that we've ever done just because it's going to, it's so yeah. important. And I, I just feel like this is going to open so many doors for so many women, because I think mm -hmm. just us having this conversation, like going to be leaving so many women just nodding their heads, like this is mm -hmm. me or I've been there. I understand this. And that's huge. So I, I appreciate you taking your time. Thanks for having me. I love yeah. to talk. I love to talk about the things that motivate me. And that's just for people to be that authentic self and to show up because pleasure is your birthright. Despite <laughs> all, favorite. you deserve pleasure, baby. Despite <laughs> weight, financial gains, losses, betrayal, you deserve pleasure. And you deserve pleasure in and out the bedroom. I'm not just talking about sexual pleasure. You deserve yeah. pleasure in life. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I love that. that. I I carry it with me still. And uh, so can you tell all of our listeners how they can follow you and get in touch with you? Okay. So I'm on Instagram at, I'm pretty sure y'all gonna have it somewhere. I'm on Instagram as Noir Sex Therapist and that's no E in sex. Noir Sex Therapist is really a page where I go, I touch on betrayal, I touch on sex, I touch on individuality, I touch on a lot of stuff. But the key thing is to get you back to healthy, to reconnect back to yourself or in your relationship. I do a lot of stuff because they're like, what does Noir Sex Therapist mean? I said, I don't even know, but just go on there. You'll find something that'll fit you. (laughs) Affair Aftercare is my Instagram page and my Facebook page and also my other business, my coaching practice, is that is to I help committed couples who wants the tools to uh, reconnect back to their relationship after betrayal. Mm-hmm. So a fair aftercare and then our sex therapist. Um, our Instagram, I'm also on Facebook as Kaleidoscope Services with Renelle Nelson and then a fair aftercare for okay. Facebook. Okay, awesome. Yeah, we'll make sure that we link all of that in the show notes so people can yep. can follow you and, and check you out there. Yeah, and um, I am located in Arizona. So um, I always like to tell people I am physically in Arizona, but because I do infidelity recovery coaching and sex coaching, I am available to do stuff online. Yeah. So I let like people know did. that I am a therapist in my state of Arizona, Wisconsin, but because of the need, I'm able to got, I have two businesses. So be able me to reach people with my coaching. Yeah, it was nice because we did, we did our, uh, our appointments virtually, which was really cool. And I actually found you on Instagram. So <laughs> the lovely world of social media. Okay. So one last takeaway for our listeners, if you could have them remember anything, what would be the most important thing you would like them to know? Communicate before coming. <laughs> That's my hashtag. Communicate before coming. I just like people to know, get on the same page and get on the same paragraph in their relationships and with their selves or with somebody else. And I'm also going to say pleasure in your birthright. You deserve an arousing lifestyle in and out the bedroom. Really get in tune with yourself and see what does that look like and what do you need to do to get there? Okay. That's amazing. Love it. Thank you again for being here and I'm happy to see you and glad that we got to do this. Uh, so it's sure a pleasure to see you. I'm a successful sure. client. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I look at your definitely. followers. I'm like, oh my God, look at killing it. Yeah. I love that. Definitely. I just say, I just want to say that I want to thank you and for being coachable. A lot of people are not ready for this. I am a crazy coach. Uh, we get together, we have girl time, but then I stay on that ass though, don't I? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that where you learned it from, Kelsey? Yeah, but you have to, you have to be, like, that's the thing is that I've had uncoachable clients and it's it's just so hard because you have that need in your heart that you're like, I really want to help you, but you know you can't help somebody that doesn't want to help themselves. Yeah, and you, be and ready, you, can, you know? Yeah, and you showed up and you were open. Um, and I love that we went on our own. I'm not like a lot of co- coaches. You know, I let you go at your own pace because I want, I, I believe in sustainable change. And you yeah. proved that you mm. took your time, you took the beat and you sat with it and you simmered with it. 
Sometimes it was over three weeks, but you wanted to simmer with it. And you came back and like, wow. Yeah. And that was so impactful. And just to see how you took that and just how you have grown. I just want to applaud you and everything that just thank you for having that good experience because that makes me feel good. Yeah, no, I can't. Like I said in the beginning, I can't thank you enough. Honestly, I definitely, definitely client success story. So, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but yeah, no, thank you so much for being here. So Mindy, what do we have for episode 20? Episode 20 is all about the fear of being inadequate. So we're going to talk a lot about scarcity mindset Mm. um, and how there's this big belief that you'll never have enough and how that can affect you. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about this. I'm excited to talk a lot about like fear-based action too, because that's... Mm. yeah. That's something that I've been guilty of. So it Me too. Be... Me too. <laughs> like... The fear of no toilet paper and yeah. Lysol. Oh like, my God, girl. I'm paying $25 for a can of Lysol. Yes, we, I'm going to tune into this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Once again, guys... Thank you for being here with us today. Thank you for listening. Renell, thank you so much for being here. This was amazing. I'm sorry that I don't know time zones or geography, but one day I will maybe figure this out, but probably not. Um, I'm glad it worked out. Yeah. So thank you guys for listening. Please drop us a rating, a review. Make sure you screenshot it and tag us, tag Renell um, on Instagram when you listen to this episode. And we will... See you guys next week. And don't forget to live bravely today. If you are a CEO or entrepreneur, I want to invite you into a space that's unlike anything out there. CEO Power Hour is a free monthly live experience that you can join in person or virtually to get your questions answered to fulfill the desires for your business. Inside this room, you bring your biggest goal, the obstacles you are experiencing, or anything you want my expertise, eyes, and ears on. This guidance, along with the ideas and inspiration from other powerful women, allows you to be fully immersed in the energy of being supported and learn in a completely new way so that you can expand your business and your life to the next level. I created CEO Power Hour to bring together powerful business owners for connection, collaboration, and coaching. This is your invitation, and it's free. The link is in the show notes, so I hope to see you at our next monthly meeting.